Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Keen Gamer Podcast. I'm your host this week, David Lozada. I'm joined with Tim Ronan. How are you, Tim? I am good, David. How are you? I am very also good. Thank you. Sean, how are you? Doing pretty good. Nice. That's great. And Lee Mark has returned. Lee Mark, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Back here in Tokyo, ready to get things going. Yeah, I heard you got released on a technicality, was it? Huh? What? You what? got released on a technicality. Released on a technicality? They had all this evidence from, stacked uh, against him, but they didn't issue the... Oh, I see, I see. I well, see. I, th- I yeah. thought we weren't going to talk about that on this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting stuff because, like, all these criminologists are like, well, we don't have a name for what he did. So, <laughs> right now, we're just going with uh, inhumanly monstrous. Oh, my so God. To think of a more scientific. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how they do it in Canada. Let, let's yeah, keep it well, amicable, guys. Let's keep it amicable for this podcast. No, no criminology yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> so, this episode's going to be all about... The Nintendo, not the Nintendo, Pokemon Direct that just happened this past week. I, I have to stray away from Nintendo Directs because it seems like Pokemon is going in its own direction here. Uh, we're going to talk about the expansion pass for Pokemon Sword and Shield. We're going to talk about how they're bringing back Pokemon Mystery Dungeon after seemingly 10,000 years, which is crazy. But before we get into the Pokemon stuff, we're going to talk about Platinum Games. We're going to talk about Doctor Strange too, because we also talk about movies here. You know, we're a very eclectic group. But before we dive into the news and the topic of the show, I want to ask you guys, what have you been playing? What have you been watching? Tim, start us off. What have you been playing and what have you been watching this past week? This week, I've been playing a bit more of Stardew Valley, doing some of that. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like... I actually feel like I'm losing a bit of steam with that now, because I feel like I... I... My friend has been playing um, something called Graveyard Keeper, and he says that's a lot like Stardew Valley. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard about that. I haven't haven't tried that myself. I feel like I remember people saying it was, like, okay or something. Yeah, I can't remember how someone described it to me, and it made me not interested in it, but I can't remember how they did now. Why are you losing steam in Stardew? People need their crops. What's going on? <laughs> I I don't know. I guess I think for the most part I've done everything. I mean, I have, I haven't done absolutely everything, but um, I guess sometimes you want to do. Maybe yeah. Or there or there's some stuff I want to do. Like there's this new. Well, there is actually like this uh, new quest they put in in the winter, where like. Mm. There is like this shadowy figure, and like you see it like walking into town. And it's like, oh my goodness, go find out where that went. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. So oh, I, I, I looked around everywhere. <laughs> so I, I like I, I looked around everywhere, and I couldn't find it. The only thing I found was like this fat beaver, and he okay. wants me to feed him fish. I don't know if that has anything to do with the I mean, shadowy figure, be- but living in Twin Peaks at this point. <laughs> if you're finding shadowy figures and fat beavers want to feed you, want to feed fish to like I mean the fir- I mean the fir- to be fair the first thing I would do if I saw like a mysterious figure was 
would be go find a fat beaver, feed him some fish, and then well, have yeah, him tell I mean, me where he went. You know. I also took Darren to elementary school, so I know how to do that too. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, well, I um, it's actually fun. There's this. Uh, there's an achievement where you have to get married and have two kids. And for a while, I just had the one kid. And I think, like, when you have a kid, it's, like, random. Like, when you go to bed for the night, sometimes your spouse will be like, hey, do you want to, should we have a kid? And it's just like, <laughs> yes or no. It's like, wow, that's so easy. Boy. Wow. Yeah. But. Like, <laughs> Are we still talking about video games here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But I would I would keep kind of like you know I yeah, I like getting achievements and I was like Leia well, yeah, come on let's just come on let's bash this out are you gonna ask me tonight or not let's have the second kid I need <laughs> bash it out bash it out Tim bash it out. oh my god <laughs> it could not be a worse way <laughs> hey Leia come on let's bash well, look, this out get I, I got you know I got things to do let's just have this kid so I can. There's you know, a I'm just fat gonna... beaver who's on my back. I can't just keep asking you, so let's bash. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, she gets it. It's she fine. Gets, she does get it, yeah. She gets it every night, I guess. Oh my god. <laughs> from that description, it sounded more like you're talking about The Sims rather than a farming simulator. I've never played Stardew Valley, so I don't really yeah, know what? much about it. I was going to say, it sounded like that uh, was the same system that worked in another game I played, I couldn't remember, where you could just go to bed and, no, I remember, Fable, you could go to bed with your wife and have sex, and if you didn't have a condom on you, you're going to get a baby, and you have to deal with that, or you could always just take your family to the, you know, dark side ritual center and just pop them into the pit and get a new sword. What, what? Wait, what? What? What happened? There were any condoms in Fable? There was absolutely condoms in Fable. I, 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 maybe it was Fable too, but I remember there were condoms. But yeah, in Fable, if you didn't like your your family, you could e- you could either like divorce your wife by like hitting her, and then she's like, ah, I don't want to be with you. That was the only way you could divorce your wife. Or That's husband, the only by the way you have to beat them. You can't just be like I want to divorce. Oh, no, you, you gotta you gotta force your way out of that one. But you could also. I think uh, Get them to follow the title you. of this episode should be "Were there condoms in Fable?" Question mark. <laughs> this this, this episode's really going in a dark direction. <laughs> but yeah, you could take your family to this altar of the uh, I think it was Scorn or something like that, and you could sacrifice them, and you would get evil points. And but wait, you get nice. Since you seem to be the condom expert, did you have to equip the condom? Before you went to bed, in order to prevent the baby, I think baby? you just had to have it on your person, and then it would ask, "Do you want to have sex, or do you want to have sex with a condom?" Ah, so but if you had sex without the condom, what like was it guaranteed, or was it like okay. just a maybe <laughs> that there was? Is there Did you have to upgrade your condom? Yeah, like, from silver to gold to <laughs> demonite or something? No, I think you just had the one. Leather <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> what the hell did they news back then, by the way? Anyway. Uh, okay, okay, actually, I have this information because I just Googled it. Okay. And uh, the, the Fable wiki says, Many people consider condoms in Fable 2 extremely weird because of the time period. But historically, 
They were yeah. made from leather, silk, paper, and animal intestines. Yeah, they used like uh, goat yeah. intestines in like Egypt or something like that. Mm. Oh my god, I was just joking about the leather stuff. Oh my god. Oh. Right? Like. Ew, ew. That's not something you, you throw away. That's, can that's you imagine? Leather. Can you imagine you like an re- intestine on your willy? That's nasty, bro. <laughs> oh my god. This is why so many people had so many kids. Because the alternative was nasty. Like, I'm not. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather just have a, a little brat running around and deal with that for a night. Oh. Ugh. Oh my god. Anyway, Tim, what else have you been playing or watching? Yes, how can we ruin games other games people? Well, a, a different game that is definitely devoid of condoms is uh, Pokemon, Mis- Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Oh. Uh, which I, um... <laughs> I mean, it's, at least as far as I'm aware. You know, but, yeah. Um... So, um, I mean, I, so I saw the Pokemon Direct, which, which we'll talk about, uh, featured the remake of that. So, of course, I, um, I kind of had to go back and play it for a little bit, because it's, I mean, for one thing, I can't believe it's been, like, 14 years. (laughs) It's so long, but it was one of my favorites as a kid, so I had to go back and do that. There's actually still a couple things I hadn't done in that. There's, like, a series of dungeons where, like, they reset your level back to, like, level one. You have to, like, kind of climb back up, like, within the confines of that dungeon. And then, then when you leave, you get, like, reset and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, that, that was that was always fun for me. I liked that quite a bit. And now I'm, like, super, super pumped for the remake. It looks pretty nice, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, well, you we'll, we'll get to my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, we'll move, we'll we'll get to that. <clears throat> Anything else? Uh, yeah, I watched um, I watched this movie. It it looked like well, I mean, it seemed like it could be interesting because it had Paul Rudd and Steve Carell in it. Uh, it was dinner for schmucks. Oh, gave that oh. a shot. It was yeah. not great. <laughs> yeah, that was. That movie was like the breaking point at which point Steve Carell stopped doing comedies and started doing more dramatic roles, I think. Really? I, I can't think of any comedies he did after Dinner for Schmucks. Like, he did that and said, you know what? I think I'm better than this. He just went off to do oh, the Sunshine and. Uh, I think he did. He I think done? he did one more. I think he did Date Night with Tina Fey. Right? Oh yeah. After, oh, after that oh. one, yeah. But then, right, but but exists. but uh, yeah, I think you are right. Like dinner for schmucks was a little bit, but but you know the thing about it is that it's it's become somewhat of a cult classic. No, am I the really? only? Am I the only one that it's feels just, that way? It's just not very. It's just not very funny. Some people I find it hilarious. That that, but um, yeah, I agree with you, Tim. Like it doesn't seem like. It, I I saw I didn't see the whole thing all the way through, but I didn't think it was funny, so I just skipped it. I thought it was kind of silly, you know. But uh, yeah, hmm. to each his own or her own. Um, yeah, that's that's about it for me. That's about it for you, Sean. What have you been playing? What have you been watching this past week? Uh I've only played one thing. 
uh, we'll get to in a minute. Uh, what I watched, I started watching the TV series Hannibal. Has anyone else seen Hannibal before? I heard of it. I have not heard of it, yes. No. Okay. Uh, that, that came out during this string of TV shows based on movies, like uh, Bates Motel, and I think there was one based on The Exorcist. And I skipped all of them because, no thanks. Um, Fargo ended up being amazing, one of my favorite shows of all time. But Hannibal, I finally got around to watching. And it's very visually striking. Like, for some reason, every serial killer has to make a tableau. They can't just kill somebody. They have to arrange 20 corpses in a pillar on the beach or strip the flesh from two people's backs to make them look like angels and they're praying. Like, who are they trying to impress here? But those parts make it very striking. There's a lot of, like, weird, trippy uh, dream sequences. Um, had Mads Mikkelsen as uh, Hannibal Lecter. And I'd say he's doing a good job, but, like, he has, like, one note. He doesn't have to really emote beyond it, so it's not really doing much, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but it focuses on this guy, um, Will, who uh, works for the FBI, and his he has this gift called Super Empathy. And it allows him to sort of look at a crime scene and sort of recreate it in his head what happened as if he's in the point of view of the killer. And it borders on a superpower because they never clearly explain how it's working. They just say, oh, he's very empathetic. It's like, okay, but how can he just look at a crime scene and know exactly how things went? Ah, he's really good at it. Yeah, but how? So the writing is a little on the fence at the moment for me. It's still entertaining. I mean, Mads Mikkelsen, he's great, I think. Uh, Gillian Anderson uh, entered the show recently. But I don't know. It's three seasons. I'll give it a, a full season of it, my interest. Uh, as for movies, I watched a movie called Bad Times at the El Royale. Oh! Um, how was that? It was really good. I re if you enjoyed Quentin Tarantino movies, you would enjoy this. Hmm. Because this is pretty much... This takes so much inspiration from Quentin Tarantino's movie Four Rooms that it borders on plagiarism. Um, but it's still really good. Uh, it's about these strangers who come to stay at the El Royale, El Royale Motel, which is sort of this almost abandoned type hotel, and it, it's sort of a gimmick hotel because it sits on the border between California and Nevada. So half of it is in California, and half of it is in Nevada. And over the course of the movie, some secrets come out, mostly dark secrets, and people get killed very hard. Um, but it's got an amazing cast. It has um, John Hamm, Jeff Bridges, Chris Hemsworth is in it. Um, I don't remember the name of the woman who plays the singer, but she does a really good job. But the standout performances are from Jeff Bridges, who plays this... Um, he's posing as a priest, but he's not actually a priest. Uh, and he, he sort of has, like... He's developing... Um, Alzheimer's disease, so he forgets things. He does a great performance, uh, and Chris Hemsworth plays a Charles Manson-type character. He's this charismatic cult leader, a sort of hippie cult leader, and he does an amazing job. 
Hmm. Uh, music's great. And it's just a really enjoyable movie. It's a, it's two and a half hours long, so it is an investment of time. But I, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I didn't want to pause it and go away. And if you need further inspiration and uh, uh, influence, Chris Hemsworth spends the entire movie with his shirt off. So if that's your bag, that movie has it for you. I know what I'm watching tonight. Woo! <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Bad Times of the Al Royale. Heavily inspired by Quentin Tarantino in a good way. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the other movie I watched was a movie called Patchwork. Uh, this is about um, three women wake up to find out they have been killed, chopped up, and sewn together into a singular body. So it's just one one body. It's all you know, like a Frankenstein situation. But they all have, they're all in the mind together. They're all aware of each other. And so they go on a quest of discovery, revenge, and love. It is definitely a horror comedy. Uh, it's a crossbreed of Reanimator and Frankenhooker. It's a very fun movie. It's not the best. It's really rough around the edges, but it's really enjoyable. Uh, it has a lot of fun with itself. It doesn't take itself seriously. And... I, don't know, I thought it was a really enjoyable movie. I saw it on Shudder, of course. Uh, Bad Times I saw on HBO. I don't know if it's available anywhere else, but yeah, I recommend those two movies uh, for sure. Nice, nice. Um, as for what I played, I have finally started on Danganronpa three. Oh boy! After a long time of not playing Danganronpa three, but we're finally at the door. Yep. Uh, again for those who don't know it's the same premise as the other games 15 to 16 teenagers are kidnapped they all have quote unquote ultimate talents and they have been put into a sealed off situation and they are told that if you want to escape you have to kill somebody and you have to get away with it because after someone is killed everyone investigates what happens and they all conduct a class trial presenting evidence and debates and all that stuff to see who who done it. Um, so same basic premise. Some things are tweaked here and there for the story uh, to keep it quote unquote fresh, but it's the same premise, uh, just different people. Uh, there was this neat. Did you like the first two? I have a love hate relationship with the first two. I enjoyed playing them, but. The main characters, Hajime and Makoto, are the dumbest idiots I've ever seen in <laughs> fiction uh, that don't have some sort of developmental problem. And I think they might have because <laughs> they are the dumbest people I've ever And you have to play as them solving murders, elaborate murders. And it's like, I don't want to know. These these guys suck. Um so uh, the weird thing is, the first Danganronpa actually became my third favorite game of all time. But wow. I feel like as the series went on, they got worse and worse. And I don't want to ruin it for you, but Danganronpa 3 was like the worst ending to a game series <laughs> I've probably ever seen. That's what, I, that's what I, people keep saying. <laughs> They're like, I am so pissed off at Danganronpa 3. And some say it's because of the ending, yeah. some say it's something else. I'm like, well, I got to see what this is. Um I enjoyed two more than one. The premise was a little bit more fantastical and insane than one. Yeah. 
but it was still I like the characters more. In one, I enjoyed yeah, some of the characters, but not all of them. But in two, I liked more of the characters. Um, the um, fat character uh, who me and the stream nicknamed Baculard uh, has become hmm. an avatar on a lot of situations because he's fantastic. Um, but the characters here in Danganronpa 3 are good too. Uh, I would say... Oh yeah, the twist at the start of the game... It's neat. I appreciate what they're going for, but I'm disappointed with the outcome of it because it says yeah. it's going to be this. I'm like, oh, great, finally! And they're like, no, not really, stupid. It's going to be the same thing. I'm like, ah. <laughs> I signed up for the same thing, so I can't be disappointed that I'm getting that. But you can't just can't do that to me. I'm like, yeah, we did it. Um, well, the best characters for me are Gonta who is the wild child who was raised by wolves in the woods and who has recently come out, and he is trying to be a gentleman. So he's this gigantic, seven-foot-tall, uh, built guy who wears a suit and no shoes, and he loves bugs. He's the ultimate entomologist. He just loves bugs. Uh, Kirumi, I'm going to say some of these names wrong, by the way. I know I am. Uh, is the ultimate maid. I like her because she's basically 2B from Nier Automata. She looks almost exactly like her and acts like her. So, yeah, I like her. Uh, <laughs> Ryoma, who is a three and a half foot tall tennis pro who went to prison because he killed a bunch of members of the mafia with an iron tennis ball and his racket. And I thought that was the best ever. And he's super short, but he has this super deep voice. And like, this guy's the best. I like him. Uh, Maki, not much to say about her, but I like her look. She's the ultimate babysitter. But she's a goth girl, so she gets points with me. <laughs> uh, Su Sumugi. I've always said her name wrong. Sumugi or something like that. She's the ultimate cosplayer. I like her just because... She seems like she'd be a fun person to know. Uh, but she is the typical anime archetype. Uh, she's the big-breasted sort of ditzy girl who wears glasses. She's the knockout, but she doesn't know she is, so she, so she wears glasses and covers up a lot and all this stuff. And stuff. Of course. And Angie, who is the insane island uh, super religious person who keeps praying to Atua. And she's just fun because she's fun. I like Muse design, but I don't like her personality. <laughs> it got old fast. And Oma and Kyo are creepazoids, and they need to go ASAP. And every chapter I go through where they are not murdered or the murderers and thus can be murdered themselves is a disappointment. I don't like them. Um, some of the new minigames I've saw mentioned is are called Psyche Taxi. And imagination, imagination excavation. I don't know what they are yet. By the way, these are minigames meant to help you build evidence in a murder trial. But I'm looking forward to them. They sound amazing. Uh, I'm near the end of chapter two. The murders happened. I'm investigating it, but I don't know who done it. I know who got killed, and it was a super big bummer. That's the thing with these games. You get attached to some of the characters, and some of them will get murdered, and you're like, oh. Or some of them will be the murder, and you're like, oh, come on, don't, 
they'll do it. And they'll all try to have some justification, like, oh, well, you don't understand. It's because of this and this. I'm really a good person. And like, no, you got to go get dropped in a volcano and deep fried and hit with missiles. That happened, by the way, in the second game. Womp, womp. Banger Womp, it's insane. The game series is insane. <laughs> uh, and I hate the Mono Cubs. I hate them. I, I, God, I hate them so much. Oh yeah. yeah, that's what that was my week. Yeah, I know they came. They they were introduced in the the side story one, right? Or were it, was it in two? They weren't introduced in two. Two introduced. I can't forget her name, but she's like the pink female Monica. Was she like a rabbit or something like that? Yeah, but yeah. She's like the nice one. The uh-huh. Monica kids. This is my first time seeing them. There was mention of a side story, but I didn't play it, so I don't know what that's about. Hopefully uh affect my enjoyment. Yeah. Uh anyway. I think the side story involved Nagito and I don't like him, so were you talking about Ultra Despair Girls, that shooting game? Yeah, yeah, that that's the one I was referring to. Oh that one. I did play that one and no they weren't that. But they might as well uh, be because that one features five little kids who are like insanely evil. And you're supposed to feel bad for them at some point. It's like, no. Yeah. He turned corpses into puppets and put on a puppet show. <laughs> I don't feel bad for him. I don't care how badly his parents treated him. You can't do that. You can't show me a mountain of corpses and be like, but feel sorry for me because my dad hit me. It's like, I feel bad for you, but shit. It <laughs> came a point where you had to go, ah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit much, even for me. There's a diminishing return in the symptoms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, Lee Mark, what have you been playing? What have you been watching this past week? So, really interesting things I've been watching. Firstly, I finished The Witcher, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, for people who have never played the games, I also had never played the games before watching the series, but I still loved it. So, it's not like you need to know the lore or anything before watching them. I definitely recommend watching them. Yeah. And um, since The Witcher got me into that kind of medieval battle kind of feeling... On Netflix, in Japan at least, there's this movie called The King, which is like a dramatization of Henry of Shakespeare's Henry V, I believe. And like, I like Shakespeare when I was in high school because, um, I don't know, I, I uh, went into creative writing, so I liked a bunch of his stuff. But a lot of like the Henry plays were so heavy, they were so hard to get into, so I kind of hated them. But this series kind of made Shakespeare, like, relevant today. Like, this was a really, really good... It's a film. It's not a series, sorry. It's a really good film version of Henry V, and it made me more interested and actually want to read the play. It's basically about um, King Henry's son, who is, like, a drunk drunkard because he hates his family. He doesn't want anything to do with the crown. But his father dies... And his brother is killed in battle, so he's the only one left to take the crown. So he does, and he basically wants to change the Kingdom of England back to what it should have been, because his father was just intent on, like, ruling the entire world, so he made a lot of enemies. Mm. But pretty much immediately, once his rule begins, France sends an assassin to try to kill him, so he's forced to start a war anyways. Uh, I don't want to give away the ending, but... Like, there's a huge twist in the end, and basically, he kind of becomes the monster that he didn't want to be. It's just a, a really good film for people who like kind of medieval battles and stuff like that. Hmm. Interesting. Have any of you guys uh, 
read or watched any Shakespeare back in the day? Uh, well, like you, I, I, I got into creative writing and I took a couple drama classes. So Shakespeare was mandatory. I never got into Shakespeare. I thought it was overrated. Clearly, I'm probably wrong because the world loves Shakespeare and, you know, he studied the world over, but I mm -hmm. could never get into it. Um, I don't remember reading anything about Henry. If it's Shakespeare, I imagine they're all dead by the end. Or most of them are dead. Because that's how Shakespeare does Yeah. People die. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, it's it's not good. Shakespeare isn't good today just because it's so outdated, but when you look at the plots he made, he, he pretty much makes stuff like Game of Thrones. So it's just if they change the language and they make it more modern, people could like it, which is kind of what this film did. Mm. Yeah, okay, I can yeah. admire that. Yeah, I mean... Other I, than that, I, I... Sorry? Go ahead. I, I think that in America, at least... Shakespeare is mandatory. They make us read at least yeah. two or three, right? Mm -hmm. So Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Othello is definitely one, right? Yeah. I remember we read Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was, it, I was gonna. We read Romeo and Juliet, and afterwards, like, okay, we're gonna show you the movie from like I think it was like the seventies. And God. by the way, just so you know, there's a scene where you can see a nipple. Don't freak out. Okay. Woo! Fast forward through it. Nipple! And of course, we're like, we won't freak out. It'll be fine. And it happened. We're like, wow, shoot, oh it's God. a nipple. <laughs> <laughs> like 15, we're like roaring, like, whoa. Class <laughs> <laughs> so erupts, and the tears like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. Anyway, are you talking about the Romeo and Juliet film with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? No, that was Romeo plus Juliet. Uh, I'm talking about. Okay. God, there's been so many. It had okay. a it's all right. famous actor. I'll, I'll look it up. Talk about your things. Yeah. She was in Black Christmas, so I can I can cross reference. Okay. Uh, what anyway. else? Yeah. So, what were you? Yeah. What else have you been playing? What else have you been watching? So next, I watched Goodfellas for the first time in my Woo! life. I assume you guys know what film that is. Hell yeah! Um, but but actually, like I thought it wasn't that good. I don't know if it just doesn't uh. hold up today, because I love gangster films. The, Dep uh. the Departed is one of my favorite films of all time, but yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I just thought it wasn't that good. I don't know what it was about it. Mm. Do, you, do you guys like that film? Oh, I love that film. I need the eject button. <laughs> well, it, for me, for me, Goodfellas was filmed right where where I grew up, and a lot of okay. the places, like the bars by me, were uh, were in the movie, and and it's so cool. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. So like, I I would you know I when I was a kid, maybe I go to a bar with my dad or whatever, and then uh, he tell me like after he's like, yeah, this this bar was actually. Uh, Goodfellas was filmed, uh, a part of it at least, or, or scene was filmed in this bar, and I was like, oh, cool. Uh, and also, like, there's a whole plot point in the film about how they're smuggling something from, uh, from I don't know, overseas, and they're doing it through yeah, JFK, yeah. right? And and Howard Beach, like, I think it, I think it was Howard Beach that they were doing it through. That's right. That was right by me. So it's just like I have like oh, this, cool. this, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have like this, this attachment to the film, and that way, um, and it's all, it's all like in Queens too. It's, it's so cool to see, mm -hmm. just like places. I, I feel like it's very much like a local, 
film in a way, you know? Like, it's just places that I'd recognize around Queens that they film in, and then you put them together, and you're like, this is really believable, you know? As a New Yorker, you're watching this film, you're like, this is a really believable story, you know? And it it actually did happen, right? I think it's based off a true story. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, um, the way that Scorsese made it, it, it was made in such a way that, you know, if you grew up in the area, you would really resonate with it, so... Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's why I love it so much. But I understand, you know, to t- each cool. his own. You know, cool. I don't. <laughs> uh, moving on, moving on. Then um, <laughs> after watching The Witcher, I started to play The Witcher. And oh, good. About uh, two hours in, and I'm loving it so far. So it's uh, it's good, definitely good. You... I actually might like the combat more than Skyrim, possibly. Did you start with one or did you go right to three? One right to three. Is that bad? Okay. No. I mean, you don't need one and two to really understand or appreciate the game. It helps, certainly. Yeah. But two, two I, I really like two. And okay. uh, it still looks good, despite the fact that everyone looks like super greasy or something like that. <laughs> Everyone's okay. like very shiny. Um, and one is the jankiest game I've ever played that I actually like. It's it's okay. very cumbersome. But uh, if you start with three, I think it'll be okay. Um, okay. There will people will show up that will be like, hey, Gerald, it's me. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. And they showed up in a previous game. But, like, okay, even that stuff even happens in the first game. Like, people are like, hey, remember me? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I don't. Who's that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. And uh, lastly, I finally started to play Near Automata, which I bought last yeah! year. And, uh, yeah. Fantastic week. Yeah. Goodfellas, Witcher 3, right? The Witcher Show, Near Automata. My, uh, so I had to decide which one to dive into hard because I started to play The Witcher 3 and this at the same time. And my coworker said Near Automata is one of those games where he wished he could erase his memory so he can play it again. Yeah. So yeah. that's the one I'm going with. Yeah. Yeah. It's also less of a time investment. Like Witcher Three, you could spend hundreds of hours just getting everything done. And... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. By the and, way, uh, Witcher yeah. Three, uh, the expansion packs are better than the main game, but the main game is still really good. Oh man, I didn't mind. buy the expansion packs. You didn't. I figured like Witcher Three like yeah. pretty much comes with them automatically. At this point, like, it's... but I, I I was kind of cheap, and I bought the ten dollars cheaper version that didn't have them. I didn't know they were that good. Keep ruining things for me. Uh, <laughs> I highly if you enjoy Witcher Three, like if you end up like really enjoying the campaign, I'd recommend them. Um, Hearts okay. of Stone is like one of my favorite games, even though it's just an expansion pack. It's one of my favorite games. It's a Faustian okay. tale. Okay. It's awesome. And uh, Blood and Wine features vampires and a fairy tale like Kingdom. So, what more do you want? Okay, I'm sold. Man, you, I don't and think. Yeah, so. that that's uh, that's it for me. <laughs> yeah, I think you could find those expansions on the Japanese PlayStation Store. I'm, what are you playing on, by the way? PlayStation or PC? Yeah, P- PS4. Yeah. PS4. So you could probably they usually have sales on on the expansion passes all the time. You could buy each for like five bucks. I think. So. Yeah, I'm sure it's got to be cheap by now. Yeah. So. Five bucks. Yeah. Was that 500 yen a piece, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah. Not not a not a huge uh, 
cost incentive. Uh, costs. Dent, yeah. Not dent, a huge dent yeah. in my wallet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, what I've been playing, what I've been watching this past week, lo and behold, I have not been playing anything. <laughs> <laughs> what? But, but, I have been watching a couple things. I saw yesterday the most recent episode of Boku no Hero Academia, My Hero Academia. Really great show. There, There is this one... I don't want to spoil it, but I guess they kind of hint, it, hint at it in the trailers. Um, Deku versus the Overhaul, which is the main villain of this season. And the fight that they have there is like... The, the production quality... Because like throughout the season, you know, if you watch anime... Uh, you could kind of tell that they that they purposely like pull back in some fight scenes, and when they do that, you think, oh, okay, they're saving for for something much more intense later on, right? And it yeah. finally paid off. Now, like they they kind of went all out with this like super spectacular fight scene, and it reminded me so much of like One Punch Man of. Like how just how ridiculously crazy the production value for that anime is, and man, this scene is—it's yeah. just great. It's just great, great, great episode, and the build-up was worth it. Um, another show that I've been watching, and I just started this past week. I haven't finished it. It's called Vinland Saga, and this was this aired last year. I believe it finished last year too, and it's an anime. It is uh, based off a of manga, but it's set in the turn of the millennium of, uh, you know, from like 900s to the thousands. Uh, and it's basically about Vikings. So it tells a story about a family who, in Iceland who have moved to Iceland. Well, I should say the father emigrated to Iceland after a life of war. And he basically, as a Viking, and a life of war as a Viking... And he basically one day he, he he you know came to the realization that war sucks and he hates it and that he wants to raise his family so he uh, pretended to like die in battle and then he escaped to Iceland and he lives there for for x amount of years and eventually people his fellow comrades Vikings they find out that he faked his own death and in Viking. Uh, culture or whatever if you do that if you uh, you know escape from war and, and fake your own death they can kill you you know and it, it's 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 very emotional in the sense that the father really doesn't want to engage in battle even though he's like a beast like he doesn't he really wants to teach his kids that there's no point in violence and you know even if even though he was a warrior and uh, you know, he killed a lot of people. He doesn't want that to continue, that circle of violence to continue and trickle down to his to, to the next generation. So he tries his best to kind of prevent that. Something happens to the family, and I won't spoil it, but it happens early on, and his son becomes, like, enraged, becomes consumed by hatred, and he devotes his life to the blade. He goes against what his father told him to do and now you kind of see this evolution of this kid uh, of what rather I should say of how a child would, would develop if 
he or she had so much rage in him, had so much hatred, and and what violence does to a to a kid's mind. And it's it's like it's a really intense show, um, and and they it really they sprinkle in some some scenes that are just that really that really pull your heartstrings because you go, man, this kid, you know, he he's going through so much, and and you feel bad for him. He's you know he's the the, the fight scenes are excellent. But you also feel bad because this kid is just so consumed by hatred and, and he doesn't know anything else in his life. You know, he doesn't know peace. He doesn't know, you know, what it's like to, to, to have a family. He doesn't know what it's like to be happy. He just knows how to kill. And, it, it, and you know, it, it's like, I don't know. It, it, it makes you think about, like, people who grew up in, you know, in other impoverished places around the world who... All they know is war. All they know is violence. You know, and and yeah. it makes you kind of put things in perspective. So I've been, I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue with that show, and and hopefully it it kind of delivers. It it continues, you know, with this this uh, this this pedigree, which is it's yeah. very intense. It's very engrossing, but um, I, I like it. You know, I just watched the trailer while you were talking there, and it looks yeah. really good. When you're explaining, um. My Hero, My Hero Academia. I'm kind of over shonen anime by now. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah. into stuff that are like different, at least different in some way. And this is different enough that I definitely give the, oh, the yeah. saga a shot at least. Yeah, you you should you should. I'm like up to like the seventh episode, and it's like the, like like it it is very shonen y. Like there are a lot of uh, fight scenes, lots of blood and all that, whatever, right? But yeah, there are these these like small moments and it's not long it's like two minutes or three minutes that that really like that that bring tears to your eyes that are just like fuck you know like you think about it like even now i think about yeah. it, i'm like damn you know that's that's something yeah and and it's worth it alone just for that but if you want to just appreciate it for face value you can't do you know as just as a shonen you can do that too mm-hmm. yeah so that's what I've been playing. That's what I've been watching. I haven't been playing anything yet. <laughs> not not since the new year began, unfortunately. All right, so let's move on to our news for the week. Our first news story this week is about Platinum Games. And surprisingly, they announced on January 7th that they're going to uh, start a partnership with Tencent, which is the really big Chinese conglomerate Pretty much owns like half of everything in China <laughs> at this point. Yeah, they own half of everything here too. Like, yeah, that's true. They that's have a 5% true. Stake and like everything. <laughs> they own forty yeah. percent of Epic at the. Like, I think that's the most. Yeah, yeah they have Fortnite. They got Fortnite. Yeah. yeah, that's. Oh my god, that's really scary. Anyway, they own it all. Yeah. Anyway, Platinum Games, pretty small independent studio, known for Bayonetta, Near Automata, Automata. Most recently, what was that game called on Switch with the cops? Astral Chain. Astral Chain. Boom. There you go. Astral Chain. Good game. And other stuff. They announced that they were going to have a partnership with Tencent, that Tencent was going to be funding the studio for upcoming projects, assumedly for multi-platform projects, but that wasn't really explicitly said uh, because they did say a wider global perspective. So that's that's what I guess they're hinting at, but again, not explicitly said. But they made explicitly clear in the first paragraph that 
uh, Platinum Games was going to keep its independence, that Tencent wasn't you know completely completely buying them out. And that was pretty much it. They left it really vague. They didn't really go on to say how exactly this would affect their development going forward, how exactly, you know, what their plans are moving forward or anything, or if even if they were planning on releasing games exclusive to China. So what do you guys make of this? Because I, for one, think that Tencent did buy into Platinum Games. They did have some kind of investment, but again, that wasn't explicitly said. What do you think for the future of the studio? Do you think that we're going to see Platinum Games uh, games on different platforms, or is it going to like Platinum exclusive Platinum Games in China? Tim, start us off. What do you make of the news? Well, I mean, like looking from the like uh, like the sort of press release that they sent. I mean, they say that, you know, we're still going to maintain our independence. This isn't going to affect stuff uh, as far as, like, what we want to do and how we want to do it. But, um, I mean, which would be nice, but, you know, Tencent did make an investment of some kind. So, like, you know, in some way, they're going to need to, like, make back on that somehow. Yeah. So you just, you know, you, you kind of wonder, like, I mean, they say that they're not going to have an effect on their day-to-day business and stuff, but, um, you know, it conceivably that, that could be hard to believe or like, well, then why, why have they invested this if they're not going to take some control of some kind? Um, you know, and they're not, they don't, don't exactly have a good rep, Tencent, you know, You're right. for live service type stuff and the microtransactions and that kind of thing. So it's it's kind of it's unknown, but mm. it doesn't it doesn't feel good. Mm. Mm. Uh, Sean, what do you make of the news? Uh, well, I love Platinum Games. I think they've you know they made the Bayonetta series and the Nier Automata. Uh, Okami, they've made some of my favorite games. Their uh, combat control is second to none. They have the best combat yep. in their games. But I don't believe for a single hot second that you know this partnership has no effect on the independence of our company. I don't believe that. Because Tencent is not the kind of company who's like, we're going to give you an investment. We like what you're doing. Keep doing it. They're not that kind of company. Maybe up front, when like they first come to a company, it's like, hey, we like what you're doing. We don't want to rock the boat. Why would we want to change things? That's why we're giving you money, because we like what you're doing. I'm sure they're like that up front. But eventually, a knock comes out the door, and someone opens the door, and there's no one there, but there's a loot box on their doorstep. And they know it's time. Because yeah. Tencent wants to make money. Despite the fact that they have more than enough money. They want to make more money. And I'm not going to begrudge a company for wanting to make money. I will begrudge them for ruining the game's quality and the effort to make money, i.e. loot boxes and microtransactions. Now, Platinum doesn't strike me as the kind of company that would want to have that in their games. Uh, Microtransaction or loot boxes or anything like that. But Mm. things do change. I don't know. Yeah. Platinum's had like a a rocky existence, you know, they made Bayonetta, and it didn't sell very well, so they're like, oh, well, we can't do anything with that. 
Uh, and then Nintendo's like, well, we'll help you make Bayonetta 2 if you make it an exclusive. And I'm like, okay, sure, we'll do that. And Nintendo's pretty much had almost exclusive rights to Platinum games from that point on. They got Astral Chain and Wonderful 101. Yeah. Uh, Near Automata came to other platforms. But that's because Platinum Games wasn't the sole contributor to Near Automata. Yeah. yeah Square, was Square Enix was in it. Yeah. Whatever Yoko Taro's company is. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, now, Square, Square Enix, right? It's Yoko, Taro, Yoko Taro's was Square, Square Enix, no? Square Enix was involved with it, with Near Automata. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I remember that because there's a message at the end of the credits of the first ending. It's like, hey... We're from Square Enix. Here's some stuff you should know. Yeah. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Um. You, got, you can fight the boss of Square Enix as an actual boss in the DLC. Yeah. CEO of Square Enix. Mm-hmm. Um. So. My hope is that what this means is that they'll bring, they'll be able to publish outside of just Nintendo consoles because, as grateful as I, sh- I'm sure they are. For Nintendo allowing them to make games and funding them and stuff like that, I gotta feel like developing for the Switch feels somewhat limiting compared to other consoles. Because as fun as the Switch is and as versatile as it is, it still doesn't have the specs of a PS4, an Xbox One, and definitely yeah. not a PC. Yeah. So they're, mm-hmm. they're always kind of developing with, you know, weights on them. Mm. Uh, so my hope is that they'll be able to. De- to publish on other platforms than just the Switch, because it is somewhat a shame that people are like, "Well, I really wanted to play Bayonetta 2, but I didn't want to get a Wii U, and I really wanted to play Astral Chain, but I didn't want to get a Switch, so I guess I'll never play them." Mm. It'd be great if their games could come to PC. Uh, when they say wider global perspective, though, that just means China. That just means we get to publish. Yeah. Because yeah. for those who don't know, in order to publish games in China or put anything in China if you're not Chinese you have to do it through an existing Chinese company and mm-hmm. that's what Tencent usually facilitates they're like okay well you know you want to put your Nintendo games in China great you just got to go through us so we're going to publish them the Chinese version but mm-hmm. you know you but make them we just make the money that that leads me to believe that Platinum might just make games exclusive to China you know to that market to like PC PC Chinese players you know because oh that'd be a bummer like why what else would they I don't know like that just makes sense to me but because like what else do Chinese players play on you know they don't they don't I mean that's all they play on right it's PC I mean they have consoles there they have PS4 they have Switch but it's like it's not as widely ex- uh, 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 accepted. So why? Yeah, their, their PC gaming uh, market is huge in China. right, right. So or I China. I, Sorry, I don't know. Like I feel like that's what they would do. But I mean, really, Platinum is best known for its action, for its action, right? So yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. know how else. I don't know. Like I don't know how, the, how that that would fit because action games are traditionally best on consoles. I would think by using a controller. I mean, yeah, they you can they use a controller on PC. That's what I. I think. mean, yeah, you could use it on PC, but like, I don't know. Do Chinese players play games with P, with controllers? I don't know. I I usually see them playing with with keyboards. So I, it's it's just a weird kind of fit 
but I mean, I guess it's possible, you know. I wouldn't I wouldn't rule that out. That's what I thought too, Sean. Like I thought that Tencent Tencent stake in the company because let's let's be honest here. I think they do have a stake in the company. That that this indicates that they're going to be working much more closely with China and and Chinese players, but I don't know. I, I hope that that's not the case. Uh, anyway, Lee Mark, what do you make of the news? Yeah, um, it really depends uh, on how much stake they have in the company, right? Like, if you look at yeah. their rap sheet here, they own, they own 100% of Riot Games, 84% of Supercell, 80 of Gear Games, but they do own 40% of Epic, but the rest are less than 15%, and then their bottom is like 5%, 5%, 5%. They only own 5% of Activision Blizzard, so, you know, if they went to Blizzard and said, hey, you got to do this... Blizzard to be like, go screw yourself. We don't need your five percent. You know. Well, that's yeah. The five percent uh, gets them into the uh, stockholders. Yeah. Meeting. It allows them to make exactly votes and, and stuff like that. Yeah. It gets them at the table. Exactly. But on the other hand, you know, if they own forty percent of Epic, yes, they could definitely yeah. strongly affect what Epic does. You know. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm more on the side of um, what David was saying. I think one of the main reasons that they might have this partnership is so that they could publish those games in China. Like, I'm guessing what they do with Epic Games, because in Japan and Asia, we can't play with Chinese players. We don't get, we don't have the mm-hmm. same server. I'm guessing that's because of how hard- hardcore the regulations are in China. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing with Epic Games, what they do is chi- this company releases, I guess, the Chinese servers and lets Chinese players play on their own servers. And that's what I was thinking they were mainly partnering for, but um, as you said, none of Platinum games are really games that are meant to be played multiplayer, right? They don't have a strong yeah. multiplayer um, scene with most of their games. It's mostly just actions games on console. So I'm really not sure what Tencent gets out of this partnership other than having some say in what they develop in the future. But I'm pretty sure any Chinese players can buy Astral Chain and just play it, right? There's no regulations against playing games that are held offline other than whatever the government bans from the country right as far as i know i th- i think so i'm um, i mean yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they can just i mean i think all the con- all of the major consoles are in china now right yeah yeah, yeah for sure they came recently yeah yeah, yeah so i i i would guess that yeah it, unless china has banned it then yeah they could play the game single player games and play them as much as they want yeah it depends on the depictions yeah. that are featured in the game. Yeah, if it has Winnie the Pooh, yeah. then yeah, I can't. Sorry, sorry, Winnie the Pooh, but you can't you can't go to China. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So hmm. other than that, as long as their share isn't over thirty percent, hopefully they won't have that much of a pull in what Platinum Games actually develops. Right. Wait. Yeah. So was Kingdom Hearts three in China? Because Kingdom yeah, Hearts three has Pooh. I'm sure he was. What's wrong with Winnie, what's what's wrong with Winnie the Pooh? Because uh, their yeah. um, go ahead. Their leader has, in order to criticize him, they'll compare him to Winnie the Pooh. Like there was a picture that oh, made him okay. look like he's like, oh, he looks like Winnie the Pooh. So now Winnie the Pooh is banned in China. Oh, that's funny. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Reddit says Winnie the Pooh censored in Kingdom Hearts three in China. Ah, so that's according to Reddit, I don't know if it's true. It's, it's probably true. It has to be. Because how else would they, yeah. you know, sell the game? I have a question, and it's a little unrelated. 
So when yeah. when you play games online in Japan, do you also play with other people in Asia, or is it just in Japan? Yeah, if I do the auto server, I mostly match with people in Japan. Sometimes I get people in the Philippines, and sometimes I get West Coast America and Canada if there's really no one online. But we do have our own Asia server here, Asia and Australia. So, so it's Asia and Australia. So you're playing like just among people. In it, so, okay, I, I didn't know that. I thought in Japan it was like just Japan. And then in Australia, no, no, um, play. At, at, at least the way Epic Games works, they have an Asia server, an Oceania server, and then the North American ones. Ah. So if you're set to if you're set to auto, it just auto sets you to whatever. Ah, interesting, interesting. Hmm. All right. Anyway, I think that about wraps up our impressions of Platinum Games. I really hope that they are not. <laughs> going to be bought out by Tencent anytime soon because that I think that's the general consensus here, right? Because I, that that would not mm-hmm. be good. I, we want them to maintain their independence and continue making awesome action games. Moving on to some news that isn't necessarily about video games, but I guess is tangentially re- related to uh, nerd culture. This one's about the upcoming Doctor Strange movie, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The director for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Scott Derrickson. I'm reading his name upside down because I'm looking at his Twitter. (laughs) It's Scott Derrickson, yeah. Scott Derrickson. He stated on Twitter, Marvel and I have mutually agreed to part ways on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness due to creative differences. I am thankful for our collaboration and will remain on as an executive producer. It's a bit unfortunate because this was supposed to be the first Marvel foray into horror. And it seems like, I don't know what happened, but uh, Marvel did not agree with Scott's direction on the movie. And uh, Scott didn't agree with what Marvel wanted to do. So they they just went their separate ways. And I think it's especially a shame because Scott is known for... At least a couple of good horror movies like Sinister. Uh, so I don't know what they're going to do there. If they're going to continue doing the whole horror route or if they're going to make it more of a traditional action comic book movie. Sean, I'm going to pass it over to you first because I know you're really into uh, horror films and, and, you know, kind of into superhero films too, right? What do you make of mm. this news? It's disappointing. Uh, mm. I wasn't a huge fan of the first Doctor Strange, but I thought it was a visually appealing movie. Like it was really cool what they did with the whole concept of magic and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it wasn't just explosions or whatever. Uh, and I was very excited to hear about Doctor Strange too because it was going to be like you said a horror superhero. But I'm like, oh great, I'm interested in that because I'm not interested in the other movies, but I I want to see this direction. But it sounds like that. Like you said, whatever direction he was taking, uh, Marvel didn't agree. And yeah. they wanted something else, and he wasn't willing to give it to them. Uh, it's a song we've heard a lot where Marvel gets a director for a movie, and they leave due to creative differences. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, means that Marvel has a very strict formula. 
They want you to make this movie. They don't want you to make a movie that you want to make. They want you to make this movie because it needs to fit into their brand and it needs to fit with the other movies. Yeah. And so they bring in these these directors who are somewhat well-known. Scott Derrickson, I don't think, is very well-known, but he's made well-known movies. Yeah. Uh, he's a name. And, you know, they say, well, we'll get him on. And, and now he's like, well, I, I kind of want to make this movie. They said, no, get out of here. It's like, oh. They really just want a name on the credits. They don't necessarily want that director's vision. They just hmm. want their names. They say, this movie was made by the guy who brought you blank, blank, and, and blank. That's interesting. You know, they don't care that it looks like those other movies. They're just like, well, we just... Like, if they ever could get Tarantino on, like, okay, we'll get Tarantino. Like, hey, this newest Marvel movie is directed by Tarantino. I guarantee you that movie's not going to look like a Tarantino film at yeah. all. Yeah, but it'll have his name on it. There it's like behind-the-scenes set pictures mm-hmm. of him sitting at the chair. It's like it's like you know? oh, by the way, we're making a new Star Wars trilogy, and guess who's on board? J.J. Abrams, the guy known for rebooting Star Trek. You know, yeah. same same we'll deal. Make the first one, and then we'll we won't tell the guy making the second one how to do it, and yeah. then we'll bring J.J. back for the third one because the, the the third guy left because he got confused and he didn't like the second one. But but that was their strategy Disney. for all three of the movies, pretty much, was let's get the guy from Star Trek who did the Star Trek movies, let's get the guy who did Looper, and then third was let's get the guy who did uh, Jurassic World, you know, all all three sci-fi movies. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. It, it is kind of... And then, it, it, you know, even, even if you look at the Marvel movies, like Black Panther, that was the same guy who did uh, Fruitvale Station, right? He's a, he's a, He does a lot of African-American kind of films and and yeah. that's what that's what their strategy was for for that movie so and yeah 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 does make sense like you know we're going to get a director who has made these kind of movies because the movie we want them to make is that kind of movie yeah so it makes sense but the problem is they're going to take away the director's voice most of the time they're not going to let them be who they are i think the only reason um guardians of the galaxy was so different is because like no one cares about Guardians of the Galaxy. We're going to make it, but nobody cares. We don't expect it to do well, and it did gangbusters. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll do that now. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say that Doctor Strange 2 is not going to be a horror movie anymore. I think that's still the direction they want to take. I just think Scott Derrickson probably wanted to take it in a direction they weren't comfortable with. They're like, well, mm-hmm. that's too scary. We want to make this still a movie for kids. Or I really doubt it's like, can you make it scarier? He's like, no, it's it's going to be a movie for kids. No, get some blood and guts in there. I doubt that was the case. Yeah. But it's disappointing. But like I said, this is a song we've we've heard a lot. Yeah. You get this director and they get fired for creative differences, which is the industry term for they didn't like each other. And they were like they had um the director for Thor 2 uh was and she left due to creative differences and she went on to make Wonder Woman I'm sure Marvel's like ah oh, shoot really oh, we fucked up mm. Mm. So, it's disappointing but it's not surprising yeah Tim I know you're a big fan of Doctor Strange right what do you make of this news about Doctor Strange 2 um, I don't know. I mean, I, I do. I mean, 
so, I mean, yeah, it's probably still going to be some type of, like, horror thing, since they, that is the direction they wanted to go originally. Um, and, I mean, this is releasing next year, right? I think? Like, May of next year? I, I don't know. It's on the timeline, so I, I can't remember. It's either this year or next year, yeah. If it's coming it was... out this year, it's probably going to be coming out next year now. Dude. Yeah, I thought it was two years from yeah. now, Captain. actually. But, oh. mm, I don't know. Yeah, it's supposed it to be, but it's supposed though. to come out relatively soon, yeah. Yeah, I, I just yeah. remembered one of the uh, other cases of a director leaving was Edgar Wright leaving Ant-Man. And oh. I'm sure he would have made an amazing movie, because Edgar Wright makes amazing movies. You know, Shaun the Dead, Hot Fuzz, um, Baby Driver. So I mean, he probably would have made an amazing one, and Barnwell said, "No, that's too weird. Don't do that." Mm. We got an a lukewarm, okay movie. Yeah, Ant Man was alright. I mean, I don't think it exactly. was exactly. It was alright. Yeah, yeah, it exists. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, <laughs> Un- inoffensive. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So. Lee Mark, what do you make of Doctor Strange 2 about this news? Um, Doctor Strange uh, is one of my favorite Marvel films in a long time. Like, I'd say my favorite Marvel hero of all time is still Iron Man, but my second might be Doctor Strange or Spider-Man. So uh, I really love the first Mm. film. In terms of uh, leaving over creative differences, it's kind of a weird thing for me to hear because Scott Derrickson, he's a director, but they largely don't really write the screenplay. Like, the screenplay is written by the screenplay writer. That's right. So when I hear that, creative yeah. differences, I think, like, what was he trying to do that was so bad that they had to change it, right? Because who they'd have to fire if yeah. the story was the problem is not him. It would be the writers. So it had to be something about, I don't know, his directing style or the way he wanted to film the movie in general. Not exactly the story, because I'm guessing the director doesn't have that much of an input in the story. It has to match, as Sean said, the Marvel Universe, and it has to match with the other films. Um, Mm. But in terms of what I feel about it, I guess it does depend on who they're replacing him with. I'm guessing they haven't announced that yet, have they? No, I don't think so. Yeah, so for me, it largely depends on who's going to direct it after him. Um, But yeah, Mm -hmm. other than that... Uh, I just hope it's somebody who's good, who's, who's half-decent, because as Sean said, there is quite a formula with these films now. Doctor Strange didn't follow that 100%, but it was a really good film, so as long as they kind of do what they did with the first film, I'll be happy enough with it. But, you know, with Marvel, it could yeah. be a roll of the dice. It depends on who they get to replace this guy, I guess. Yeah. I, I did see a couple people saying mostly on Twitter, but in other online forums, saying that they think that Disney is kind of going this direction, like this SJW direction. Oh, really? With a lot of their films. And that includes, yeah, that includes like the Marvel films. Because if you look at Rise of Skywalker, it's a very muddled film. I mean, <laughs> it's laughable, really. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 uh, that was that was totally up to Disney. Like Disney, supposedly, and oh, this really? was uh, this is there are multiple reports that the reason why it's so muddled is because Disney kind of went in and they oh, edited the 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 film 
uh, in such a way that that they wanted, because it was supposed to be different. J.J. Um, Abrams, his cut was different than than the Disney cut. And the, so the, the Disney cut was they're, more they're, SJW in some way. Yeah, it was more SJW. Was more kind of, it, it, I don't know, like it, it was more nonsensical. Oh, okay. Like it, it just, I mean, the the whole movie doesn't make any sense, and and it was because of of of, uh, of Disney, and um. There's there's some rumbling going on that Disney is doing that with all their movies going forward. Like even if Kathleen Kennedy isn't, you know, she has nothing to do with the Marvel movies, but like, but still, there that because because I, I know that they they said that kind of after the fact that Wanda was going to be in this movie mm-hmm. in Doctor Strange mm-hmm. two, and yes. it seems a little like out of place for her to be in this movie. I mean, okay. I guess I guess it kind of makes sense. I guess it kind of makes sense because. Huh? Actual magic in the I don't know if she knows actual magic in the MCU, but she is her powers are somewhat magical, kind of. Yeah, like but that's supposed to be, I think, based on her mutant power, not magic. But yeah, you know, I think in the comics, like she's interested in, in magic and stuff like that. I mean, I guess, but it, I don't know. She's a, she has nothing to do with the Doctor Strange universe, you know? Like, and true, yeah. And it, it just it, seems it, like a little out of place. Okay. It could be a case of like, we don't have anything for her to do, but we don't want to get rid of her because we don't want yeah. her contract to lapse and for her to like get out of it and not come back because we might still want to use her. So. Right. But but isn't she? Doesn't she have a TV show? Is she, is she going to be? She's going to be on Disney Plus. She has that. Uh, That's right. She Wanda Vision. Uh, Wanda Vision. Yeah. So what's the? I don't know, and and so people were were making the assumption, given Disney's recent track record and this, you know, Wanda being in Doctor Strange too, that Scott Derrickson was like, ah, oh, I don't want to be like be associated with this anymore, and yada yada yada. I can see. That. And I don't know if that's the case. I I don't know if that's the case, but it is believable. I'm not going to dismiss it entirely. You know, mm-hmm. like. I I do feel like they want like a specific kind of thing now. Like I I feel like Disney is making a lot of money off of licensing a lot of their product now, and mm-hmm. they're trying well, to push the licensing. Make money is yeah 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 the merchandising. I think they're they're pushing that more and more because if you look at like the Force Awakens, and then you look at like the last uh, what is it called? What was that stupid movie called? Oh, The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> you look at like the differences between them. There's so much more. I, I think like as we as we moved on, like there was so much more kind of like a push for merchandise I in see. the third yeah. film than in the first film. Maybe I maybe I'm alone in that, but I feel like there are more like stupid rinky dink characters. There are more like. You know, like these throwaway characters that nobody gives a shit about. I see. Like the Porgs and the Baba Baba Freak and whatever the fuck, you know. <laughs> so you, it, it's not hard to watch a new Star Wars movie. Like, okay, that's a toy that yeah. exists to sell an action figure or a plushie or something like that. That exists to be a toy. And to be honest, Star Wars has never been shy from merchandise. That's how George Lucas made all his money. You know, That's true. He, he was going to make Star Wars, and Fox is like, well, we want this much. He's like, you know what? You could have a bigger percentage than that, but I want all the merchandising. I want it all. And it's said, okay, maybe, fine. Uh, got, who cares? It's not going to make Maybe they're putting in Elizabeth Olsen as a romantic interest because 
her love interest died. Oh no! And no. Doctor Strange kind of didn't have that uh. in the first film as much, right? I would I would watch this if it wasn't anything, so I'm fine with that. But <laughs> yeah, you're right; it, it could mess with the script a bit. But what about Vision? Isn't he live now? Because WandaVision? Who's alive? I imagine he's in WandaVision because the name. I don't know how he's alive, but she sees visions but he, of but he's, him. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> visions. Of I don't, I don't know, man. I, this is so weird, and yeah. and it just it brings up a lot, so many questions, you know. Uh, but yeah, whatever the case may be, I'm I probably am gonna see Doctor Strange two. Uh, I mean, unless there's like a trailer comes out and it's like complete garbage, you know, like a trailer comes out and it's like the Rise of Skywalker two, but Doctor Strange, you know, yeah. like something like that nature. Like unless it's like that. Uh, then I probably watch it because I, I I do I'm like you Lee Mark like I I really think I I really like Doctor Strange the original I thought it was really fantastical it really embraced that comic book side uh, of of these movies where it's like all these dimensions you know yeah. Dormammu it just it was just really cool and I love the fantastical nature of it so you know I, I hope that Doctor Strange two at least keeps that yeah even if it yeah. does kind of uh you know, kind of cater to the HJW crowd. All right. So that's it for our thoughts on Doctor Strange 2. Now we're going to move on to another thing that I think we're all passionate about. Pokemon. Yeah. This past week, there was... Passion. <laughs> Tolerance. <laughs> Indentured servitude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this past I've, week, I've hitched myself to this wagon for over a decade. I yeah, yeah, right. Uh, this past week, there was a Pokemon Direct. And I think Nintendo... It wasn't Nintendo that announced it. It was Game Freak, right? That announced it. Mm-hmm. And it, there's, it's good to, to clear the distinction here. Because uh, last year, I believe, Nintendo... It was found out that Nintendo does not own a majority stake in Game Freak anymore. That it owns, like I think, 30% now. So Game Freak kind of does its own thing. Um, so Game Freak announced that it was going to have a, a Pokemon Direct this week. And uh, a lot of things were announced. So it seems like they're going to remake the first Pokemon Mystery, the first couple of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon titles. That includes Red Rescue Team, uh, Blue Rescue Team, and that's it, right? They're going to put them that's together. It. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to put them together. The game, but they're just different. Yeah, one's for the. Red yeah. is for Game Boy and Blue is for DS because that was like a changeover period, I guess. Ah, uh, I see, I see. So they're going to remaster both of them, and well, no, it looks like they're going to remake both of them uh, because yeah. a lot of their assets are completely different uh, for the modern Switch, which is great. Uh, the there's going to be a the Pokemon Home thing that they announced last year that they did not talk about at all in the in 2019 uh yeah that's going to be coming out february yeah that's going to be coming out in february i I missed that could you explain a bit about about what that is i missed that completely so yeah pokemon home is basically kind of like pokebank right and yeah it's basically a place where you keep all your pokemon from the gba days 
So if you still had, you know, your Ruby and Sapphire, you could theoretically uh, keep them in Pokemon Home, and then from Pokemon Home, you could put it onto Sword and Shield. Whoa! So, I think yeah. there's like they've had they've had like a couple different applications like that that have been made for like yeah. the different versions. So like, basically, if you want to like, I mean, you you could trade it up from like Ruby and Sapphire. I think that just requires like trading like from from like bank to game to bank okay, to game okay. like a, a couple different yeah. times. I think stuff. the way it worked with the GBA was like if you because with the Nintendo DS it had a slot for the GBA game. Yeah. So you that put makes the, sense. Yeah. Like Pokemon Black, I think it was for example, and then like Pokemon Emerald in there, you could transfer between the two of them, mm-hmm. and then to get from. The DS to the 3DS, I think that's when PokeBank came involved, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you had to transfer over to the PokeBank to transfer back in. Mm-hmm. And now, Pokemon Home is like, it's connection between PokeBank 3DS over to Sword and Shield. And, and Pokemon Go. Let's Go games as well. And Let's Go. And yeah. to mm-hmm. Home. Oh, okay, yeah. But yeah. It's also a, a larger bank space than you can get in-game, which usually gives you, like, 30 pages of 30 slots. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, Pokemon Bank had, like, a 1,000 pages or something like that. So Yeah. yeah it was a, it's a paid service as well. Yeah. Uh, it very cheap. It was, like, $5 for the whole year. Mm-hmm. The other one you said was mm-hmm. Pokemon so, Box. Pokemon Blocks? I think it was Pokemon Bank. Wasn't there a Pokemon Box for GameCube? I think there was. Oh, yeah! For, like, yeah. Ruby Sapphire and stuff. Oh, yeah! I remember that. Because the GameCube had a, uh, like a, uh, kind of like an adapter thing. Yeah, it did. That you it put did. into the bottom of the GameCube, remember? And then you could put in your GBA games mm-hmm. inside. Yeah, there was that yeah. one. Hot tip. Wow, that if was a long you, time if ago. If you find Pokemon Box for NA, that's like... I think a two hundred dollar disc now for GameCube. Is yeah, it really? You find it? Wow, today, it's rare. It was. You know what? It they, that was a weird thing, right? Because I remember when I was a kid, they were promoting the hell out of that, and then all of a sudden they just stopped, and it like they just ceased production like all of a sudden, and nobody knew like why it happened, and I guess that that's why you know it's so rare now because i remember going to like because we over here in new york city we have um the nintendo world but back then it was called the pokemon Mm -hmm. center and i remember going there and i saved up the money after a couple months and i went back and i was like can i get this what was it called pokemon blocks box um Box. box box pokemon box and i said can i get this and they're like oh we don't we don't sell that anymore and I know they didn't have it at GameStop. They didn't have it anywhere. And I thought if there were one place it was going to have it, it was going to be Pokemon mm-hmm. uh, Center. Yeah. But they didn't have it. And and they were like, yeah, we don't we don't sell that. You can't find it anywhere. And I was like, shit, yeah, dude. Man. That's I, crazy. I remember uh, last year I, I or the year the before. I saw the store the other day and said, what store? Yeah, last mm-hmm. year or the year before, I saw it in this used store for like 20 bucks, And I was like, this looks random. I'm not going to buy this. Then I went home and I was like, oh, man, mm-hmm. that was like a $150 game. I should have bought it. <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's a weird one wow i forgot that existed that's crazy oh my god 
Yeah, but anyway, that's that what that's not even the craziest part about this direct. The craziest part about this direct is that Pokemon Sword and Shield, the most recent games in the franchise, they're actually going to get expansion passes. That's crazy. Because the Pokemon franchise has never had expansion passes before. Each one, they're going to be two expansion passes. Each one's going to be $30 each. And uh, the first one's called the Isle of Armor. And basically, you're, the story here is that you're an apprentice as a, uh, at a dojo. And <laughs> your master's name is Mustard. Uh, it has a new, yeah, I know, right? It has a new rival, Clara, which has already become like a meme. And rule sixty nine. Only if you rule rule sixty four. Has it? Shield. You have to use Avery. Yeah. Right. Right. You have Avery. Uh, they have new legendary Pokemon, Kubfu, which is a fighting type. What I don't think there are many fighting type legendaries, right? Uh, and uh, two. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No. I don't think so. I mean, and some. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Which one? No, I was I was just trying to think of some. I mean, I, I, Lucario doesn't really count, I guess, but some people might consider that. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Kupfu evolves into Urshifu. Urshifu? Urshifu? I don't know. And Urshifu... I, I was really confused because I thought it was two different Pokemon, but it's not. It's one Pokemon with two different forms. And the first form is called Single Strike Style, and that form is Fighting Dark Type. And the second style is Rapid Strike Style, and that's a Fighting Water Type. So it's either you could be a Fighting Dark Type or a Fighting Water Type, whatever. And it's random. So it seems like there's a 50-50 chance, no matter what version of the game you have... When you evolve your Kubfu, it's going to be, you know, one of these two styles. New Di- Di- Dynamax uh, versions of Rillaboom, Cinderance, Italian are going to be there. Italian has a, has a, sn- gun. a sniper rifle. Yeah, sniper a gun. Tower. Hold on. Yeah, it's attached to and, and a tower. Yeah, a yeah, that's okay. Rillaboom, it has like this. He's like a in a metal concert or something. He's like this gigantic <laughs> drum set. And Cinderance is on a... Hurt. He just has this huge drum set. Yeah, and Cinderance is on top of this ball of fire and new new items and stuff. The second DLC expansion is the Crown Tundra. And there's a new legendary here. I don't... I can't even... I don't even know what this is called. Calyrex? Cal, Cal, I don't know. It has a really big head. It looks really weird. It's called... It's a psychic grass type. <laughs> there's a new yeah. co-op mode in this... Uh, expansion pass mm-hmm. uh, that lets you go to Pokemon dens. Uh, legendaries from past, yeah, legendaries from past games are gonna appear in the game, and they're gonna uh, be able to di- Dynamax. Uh, I believe they hinted at Moltres, Zapdos, and Articuno. Uh, oh no, no, those those were Galarian forms. Those are Galarian forms. Sorry. Well, Moltres, Zapdos, and Articuno are gonna get Galarian forms. Uh, and it seems like I don't know if they're new Pokemon or if they they they're new ones. Some yeah, right? They're like gonna be that's... new Hoenn Regis, and it seems like one of them they're, is a were... yeah. Sorry, 
I was gonna say it's definitely new ones because there's never been an electric type Reggie before. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be a, a Reggie Electric and a Reggie Dragon. Yeah, Reggie Draco or Reggie <laughs> Gone or something like that. You know, it's definitely a dragon type. That's I don't know. Really weird. I wouldn't have expected that, but okay. And more character customization stuff. So this stuff is going to be rolling out throughout the year. I believe Isle of Armor is going to come out June 2020, and the Crown Thundra is coming out uh, fall 2020. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you guys: This is the first time that Pokemon's done this. This franchise has has you know kind of <laughs> this is like this marks the the evolution of Pokemon in the sense that they're entering the 21st century. They're actually making DLC for Pokemon games. So. What do you think of this? Do you think the Pokemon franchise is evolving? You know, and also consider the fact that that Nintendo seems like no longer has a majority stake in in Game Freak. That I think they only own thirty percent of the company now. So it seems more and more that Game Freak is kind of doing its own thing. Do you think that this is a result of that? Uh, and what do you think Game Freak is going to do, kind of in the future, uh, with? experimenting with the with with Pokemon the franchise and are is is are there going to be more DLC? Do you think there're going to be microtransactions in these games? Let's hear your opinions. Uh Tim, Tim, what do you make of all of this? Well, I mean I, I don't know. I mean in terms of like I guess it depends like maybe to a certain extent how well this goes for them. Um like how yeah. people respond to this type of rolling out of content. Maybe if it goes really badly, maybe maybe they'll go back on it and they won't do this type of thing again. But um, in terms of like trying new things, I feel like at least in terms of like the content of their games, I feel like people have the general sentiment that they don't really do a whole lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really stray from the formula of the games too much. I mean, I don't know, maybe this would be a way for them to start doing that. Um, but in, in terms of like what they're presenting here, I mean, I, it looks, it looks pretty cool. They add, looks like they're adding a lot of like new locations and such and places to explore. Um, based on the concept art, there's some really cool locales you can seemingly visit. I do wonder to a certain extent, how well those places will come to life when it comes to the actual game itself. Because mm. um, it feels like, like, sure, in concept, they look interesting and they could yeah. be very cool, but. Everything in concept art looks better than in game. Yeah. No yeah. matter but, what game it is. Mm-hmm, That's right. Exactly. But as we've kind of seen, when we're talking about the graphical fidelity of Sword and Shield, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it is great. So I wonder how that's going to affect, like, you know, these places look cool, but the final product is maybe not maybe not so great in that respect. Also, so apparently these two maps are going to be giant wild areas, I guess? Yeah. So, yeah they describe yeah. it as seamless worlds like the wild area. Right. Which... Could you know? It could sound cool. There's people that do want that, but that's only going to work if there's like 
enough stuff to do, and it's not just a giant empty field of nothingness. Because <laughs> I feel like that's well, well, Sean, what what do you th- what did you think of the wild areas and in, in Sword and Shields? Was there like I, enough to do? I enjoy the wild areas, but I also like stupid grinding for nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. There's not a lot to do. There's a lot of Pokemon to catch. If you're if you're asking if there are stuff to do in terms of Pokemon to catch, there's a lot of Pokemon to catch. And like which Pokemon appear in an area depends on the weather. So sometimes you're like I gotta wait till it's foggy or I have to wait till it's raining. There's a lot of Pokemon to catch. Once you've caught them, no, there's nothing to do. Other than the max ray battles, and there's a lot of those scattered around. Uh, I like it I like its concept. I think its delivery could have been better, but it is pretty. I want. I don't want to say lifeless because there's Pokemon like walking around, which I like. Uh, but it's like how Breath of the Wild was very open. It's a big open world, and people enjoyed it. But when you think about it, there's not a lot in the open world. Like there's a lot of big space, a lot of big stretches of nothing, where there's just like nothing between point A and B. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be, like, one of the biggest pitfalls of open-world kind of games. It's yeah. like, oh, you can go anywhere. Yeah. Oh, but there's nothing to do. Hmm. Then you got something like Witcher 3 where, like, it's a huge world, but there's, like, so much stuff scattered around. Like, you can't go five feet without a monster den that's over here or or a magic chamber over there. Like, there's stuff to keep you occupied. Mm. Yeah. I mean... You know, maybe to some extent they've learned from, like, their first run of doing a wild area. Maybe this one will be better. Maybe the the two they do from these will be better. My hope is that if it is, like, a wild area, it will be better implemented because the DLC focuses entirely on the wild area, this new wild area, the Isle of Armor. So there's got to be more direction there, like... Hey, we need you to go over here to this cave to grab this, or we need you to go to this mountain to grab that. I don't know how big right. the area is to facilitate something like that, but my hope is it will have more uh, direction and a better flow rather than just be here's a big space, have fun, stupid. <laughs> yeah, here's here's a sandbox, but we're not going to give you like a pail or shovel. Just <laughs> just, just fling the sand around and. Well, well this sandbox gets the shovel, but if you want the 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 pail, it's over in the other sandbox. You have to get both <laughs> versions. Ah. <Aww. laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean, it, well, it seems like there's also some form of a story in these as well. So that could, you know, that could serve as the direction of like, go to this landmark in this area and then do this thing and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that could be good. One one other question. What's the so? What is the actual cost of this? Is each part thirty dollars, or is the whole expansion pass thirty dollars? That's what I wasn't bring clear up. on that. Uh, there was a correction I wanted to make, David. Uh, mm. th- there is only one expansion pass, and that includes both. Oh, okay. Oh, so both together okay. are thirty dollars. Now I don't know if you can buy them separately. You. They you haven't can, said if you can. I think. Can, but... Like, the expansion pass for Sword is different from the expansion pass for Shield. Oh, so I think... well, see, no, huh? that's the thing. You can buy... If you buy an expansion pass, you have to buy it for either Sword or Shield. Right. But both passes are exactly the same. 
Okay. Ah. This is the sword version insofar as that it only works if you have the sword version of the game. So so if you but wanted... They both contain mm-hmm. the same things. So if you wanted a, an expansion pass for your sword copy, an expansion pass for your shield copy, that would be $60. But if you that wanted it... That would be $60, yes. Ah, gotcha. That's where I got messed up. Okay, yes. okay, okay. Yeah, so... So presumably both mm-hmm. of them are, would cost $15, but typically when you have an expansion pass... There's a discount involved to get you to buy both. Yeah. So they might both yeah. be like $20 something like That's that. That's what I would think. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I would think that it's $20 each or like some like 18 mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. and then they're going to yeah. sweeten the deal by making it 30. Ah, okay. Ah, I misunderstood that. So That's sh- what a lot of people got mixed up on yeah. because they didn't explain it. They said expansion passes. Mm-hmm. But they didn't make it clear that there's a sword version and a shield version. Yeah, it's pretty much a name only. It, it's a bit confusing. It like, is I'm a bit confusing. I'm not going to pay thirty dollars for the Isle and yeah. thirty dollars for the Crown Tundra. That's easy. yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, Sean, what do you make of of uh, you know this news? What do you make of the expansions? Um, or the one expansion? Well, first, I the, say. the Mystery Dungeon <laughs> one. Uh, I've never played the Mystery Dungeon games. I've been told they be it would be something that I would, I would like. But mm-hmm. I've never touched them. I don't know why. I just I never got into them. Looking at it now, I don't really like this art style too much. I can kind of see what they're going for. They're kind of going for this um, brushstroke, almost watercolor type backgrounds, and everything sort of has this sort of like this texture to it. Um, almost. I don't want to say like a Okami, but I, I got Okami vibes from it. I know you're talking but about. It. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, I don't think it's doing it as well. Yeah, but they do they do this for like their side story games. Like I, I noticed yeah. that it's not only Mystery Dungeon; it's like Pokemon Conquest. It's the same kind of, uh, it, it's like more. I don't know how to describe it. More like like higher quality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like more watercolor, artsy type of direction. Mm-hmm. Whereas the main games are much more, I don't know, simple or or. I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it. Like more yeah. computer generated, I suppose. Whereas these are purposely done in a more artsy way. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Well, I, I'm pretty sure what they did here is they just took uh, either Sun and Moon models or Sword and Shield models, which are the same models, and just slapped a different filter on them. You know, like you look like Pikachu. That's probably the same looking Pikachu in. X and Y, or Sword and Shield, but they put on this uh, new texture on him to make it look yeah a little bit different. It reminds me of like Yoshi's Woolly World, of like yeah these types of of things that are like these types of side games that aren't really you know I don't know they're not really like taken too seriously honestly, but you they know they're they're nice they're more looking to take risks yeah 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 yeah, yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm looking at this version as gorgeous watercolor inspired graphics. So yeah, that's there you it. go. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I'm in. I'm interested. I haven't. I've downloaded the demo. I haven't played yet. I will. Um, but uh, I'm interested. I do have to ask though, uh, David, since you're the anime expert. Yeah. Is Pokemon Mystery Dungeon a isekai? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw the plot. That's like. 
Yes, it is a cat, isn't it? Yeah, because um, it's humans being turned into Pokemon, no? Yes. Yeah, yeah and being transported to a new world. Yep, yep, that's, it's an isekai, yeah. Mm-hmm. Inuyasha, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As for the expansion pass, you know, they did it again. They they broke my heart in a lot of ways, and they got me interested again with this direct. I think this direct was pretty good. A lot of people are like, I don't want to spend extra money. This game was incomplete. They fit, they shipped an incomplete game. It's like, just, if a game has DLC, it does not mean it was an incomplete game. Okay? Just calm down. Yeah. Um, I, however, will not pre-purchase the DLC because that's insane. It's insane enough to pre-purchase DLC on its own. But to do so for DLC that we've only seen the concept art for, mm-hmm. don't do that. Come on, don't don't. Only villains do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I I'm definitely gonna be keeping my eye on it. And if it turns out like Isle of Armor is like twenty bucks, I might get the expansion pass just to save money. But at the same time, I don't know. Uh, but I like what's being added. I like uh, Clara. I have the sword version, so I would be fighting Clara. She seems neat. I like poison type things, so uh, mm. she'd be a fun person. And I like psychic things too. But no Avery for me. Kung hmm. Fu. I'm not crazy about him. He looks like Pan Cham, which is the panda Pokemon. And yeah. Just, yeah. It, his evolved form looks more like a legendary. Looks a little bit more, you know, fleshed out and stuff like that. I'm not crazy about him either. They're trying to do like a like a uh, Zora Zoroark thing here. Lucario, what's Lucario's pre-evolution? Riolu. Um, yeah, Riolu Lucario thing here. Yeah. And I'm like, eh, meh. Yeah. You know. I like bear types. I like fighting types, but I'm not wowed by this. But yeah, I'm glad they're adding the Dynamax version of the starters, which should have. That should have been in the game from the start. Yeah, that's insane. That, that is strange. Um, mm. I I think Crown with Tundra, that one, they just didn't have time, and they they were just like, okay, maybe. yeah, let's put it in. I feel like that should have been a priority. At least. Yeah, yeah, I think you're I right. I think they could be like, maybe we should put Charizard Dynamax on the back burner and focus on the actual new starters <laughs> for now. So we gotta get him. He's, he's our guy. <laughs> uh, sorry. In Japan, Pokemon is just called the Charizard game. We can't disrespect our Charizards. Uh, no way. Uh, <laughs> Calyrex yeah. looks dumb. I, I thought. Him. I thought it was like a full like deer like. That's what thing. I thought. But then they yeah. showed they showed like a side perspective, and I was like, oh, oh, he's got <laughs> he's little got little arms and a big head. <laughs> Tiny little nub arms and like his legs have like clearly atrophied from <gasps> lack of use because he just floats everywhere. <laughs> I have, yeah. like, he has the, the Triforce on him everywhere. I have the unique perspective oh of um, not playing a new Pokemon game since probably I'm gonna say probably Crystal actually. I don't think I even picked up the GBA ones. I just kind of stopped. Wow. So I have the unique perspective of going yeah. from that generation to looking at the Pokemon we have now, and I'm going, what the hell is happening? Is this Digimon? Is this Roblox? <laughs> What's going on? A, a, lot, a lot of the designs look very robotic, almost like Mobile Suit Gundam even. So I don't know if I'm a huge fan yeah. of the style. Yeah. 
that, that's what a lot of people have said that the the designs have shifted less, have shifted more from, you know, based on animals yeah. and, and and real world stuff towards Digimon. Yeah. And I don't hate Digimon designs. I like Digimon oh, yeah, yeah. designs, but I like them in Digimon. Yeah, I don't like them in Pokemon. Um, a co op mode that lets you explore Pokemon Den. That's pretty cool. Like right now, all you can do is just go into a den and fight something and leave. Mm. Now, how much you can explore, that remains to be seen. Mm. Uh, they're bringing in a lot of legendaries. They show like pretty much every legendary except like maybe a handful of like the the mythic ones. Um, the Galarian forms of the legendary birds is cool. Well, yeah, new Regis are okay. I, I've never been a huge fan of the Regis. I think they look cool, but I never use them. I usually mm. don't use legendaries to begin with. I feel like they're almost like cheating. They're too strong. Um, but we're also getting like 200 plus new Pokemon. Uh, well, new returning Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which everyone's like, why should I have to pay to get the new Pokemon? You don't have to pay. They're being added in a free update. Now, you won't be able to catch those Pokemon if you don't get the expansion pass. They won't be walking around in the main area. But you will be able to... Like they showed uh, Nidorino. You'll be able to transfer Nidorino from Pokemon Home into your game if you don't have the expanded pass. You'll also be able to trade for Nidorino from other people if you don't have the pass. So you just it's a free update. Don't worry about it. Um, so you might have to pay for like Pokemon Home. I guarantee you'll have to pay for Pokemon Home, yeah. Which I think is going to be a mobile app, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, and finally, the Galarian Slowpoke, which looks like nothing. It just looks like Slowpoke with... Someone got a little carried away with a highlighter. I don't that's know. That, just that's weird. That's really weird to me. Um, and we don't know... He's He turns into Slowbro and Slowking, different versions, if you have different items from the different... DLC places, but we don't know what they look like. We've just yeah. seen like little glimpses of it, as if we're supposed to be excited for Slowbro. Like, come on! I think Slowpoke uh, is actually a really popular Pokemon, though, in Japan. It is, yeah. It is? People, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Okay. Because he's pink and and I'll fat. Take word for it. Pink and fat. And he smiles. And he pink smiles. And fat and smiles, and he's a little bit lazy. And he's he is a lovable Pokemon, sure. But yeah. I don't care about him. <laughs> uh, but overall, I'm pretty interested. I'm going to keep my eye out. I'm not going to pre-order the expansion pass. Mm-hmm. Please don't do that, people. Don't pre-order an expansion pass, okay? Yeah. Any expansion pass for any game. If it says, like, we're going to release this campaign and, like, two more campaigns and three more DLCs after that for the pass, but they won't say what they are, don't buy it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. If, Borderlands, the pre-sequel, has taught me anything, is that they can absolutely under-deliver on an expansion pass. Right. So don't trust it. So so is all of this stuff a good thing? Like, is this a good direction for Pokemon? The franchise? I would say... Uh, well, yeah, I would say this is a good direction. I think having expansion passes and expansion packs is preferable to them releasing Pokemon Scepter two Gun. years from now. Yeah, Pokemon Gun two years from now. <laughs> and... It's the definitive version. The way that there's like Emerald uh, came after Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, Ultra so Sun, I, Ultra Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think this is 
because if they release a new game, I'd have to start all over. I don't want to do that because the story sucks. But if they release expansion packs, then I could just continue playing. I yeah. Like that. yeah. The story continues. Yeah. So I didn't think about it I that think, way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I I prefer this. I think they still have a long way to go before they evolve. I mean, I think Game Freak is so behind they use like rotary phones in their offices. Like they are behind the times in a lot of ways. But mm. I think this is a step in the right direction at the very least. Good. Okay. Lee Mark, what about you? What do you make of all the news that happened and do you think it's a good direction for the Pokemon franchise? First off, I just googled the new Slowpoke design and <laughs> what what uh I think Sean just said about somebody going crazy with the highlighter is spot on. That's really funny. <laughs> Have you guys seen it? Yeah. It's Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. weird. Like I can imagine they just brought <laughs> like, this forms... uh, they just brought this into the meeting and someone's like, "Okay, I finished with my design." <laughs> Everyone's like, "That's the same stuff with a highlighter on it." Great. You're promoted designs too. Yeah. We said that about a lot of the new designs of Sword and Shield too. It's like that's just a pigment with an ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the ice cube is his head. Oh. Okay, ship it. Yeah. What about this one? This is Stonehenge. Okay, well look, I put googly eyes on it. Oh, ship it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. this is just strange, which is weird because like the regional forms have always like really changed up the Pokemon look. Like yeah. Nine Tails goes from you know the fire to the ice type. I think this Slowpoke is fire type because in some of the footage you see him like spitting up a fireball. Mm-hmm. So he might be psychic and fire type instead of water. But Why doesn't look it? Anyways, um, really? my opinion on everything as a mm-hmm. yeah, my opinion on everything as a whole, as a business perspective, I think it's genius because I think they proved with Pokemon Go that the franchise can work in microtransactions and be profitable, but still make a good game that people enjoy. But as a retro gamer at heart, I'm always against kind of these downloadable expansion pack things. One of the things I loved most about Nintendo was you can load up the game. 20 years from now and Pokemon Crystal is going to play the same as it is 20 years ago, you know? There isn't a new Pokemon Crystal expansion pack that I had to download to get the full experience. But um, for certain games, like games that I love, like Skyrim, I would have bought every possible expansion pack for that. So it kind of just depends on how much you love the game, you know? If that $30 is enough, like they they put in enough stuff to be worth $30, then 100%, there's nothing wrong with that. But just as an old school guy, retro gamer at heart, I do prefer things to be physical. So I'm always kind of against the digital yeah. downloadable stuff. But who knows? Maybe they'll make. Well, I'm pretty sure they're going to make another version of Pokemon Sword and Shield that has this included, right? And that kind of solves my problem. Yeah, most likely. The fact that they call this Expansion Pass One leads me to believe that there's going to be Expansion Pass Two later on. Oh, the okay. And that oh. eventually we'll get Pokemon. Sword and Shield Definitive Edition, and it will have all the passes on it. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, as long mm. as there's enough um, material to be worth that money, I don't think it's sleazy at all the way they're moving with this. Mm. Yeah, you know, I I did... There's something else that kind of came to mind just now. And Pokemon Sun and Moon, they were the last generation, right? And when Pokemon yes. Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon came out, there are reports saying that they sold terribly. They 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 were not 
really that great of sellers because I think at that point people were already looking forward to the Switch or the Switch was already yeah. out. Uh, and and people were just they just moved on, you know, and and I think this is somewhat a response to that too, because you have to imagine that Nintendo that they they had to speak to Nintendo, you know, um, about this, and they had to be like, listen, we can either make the sequel like Ultra Shield or whatever, an Ultra Sword that sounds weird. Um, we can make these sequel, these like great pseudo sword. sequels. A great sword, yeah. That would, yeah. There you go. Great uh, Gates, yeah. Great sword. Uh, we can make these pseudo sequels and release in the fall, or we can make the expansion passes and then release them throughout the year. And Nintendo must have looked at its own lineup, you know, because Nintendo ships it's a, a lot of franchises, right? And they they must have been like, why not? Why? Why, you know, do this again? Why ship out, you know, uh, Great Sword and Great Shield in the fall and risk another devastating loss like like with Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon? Why not just rely on another AAA uh, franchise from our pool like Metroid Prime 4? <sighs> I hope. <laughs> or, or you know, or, or Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever that's, that's going to come out this year. Why not just rely on that for our fall game instead of going back to the Pokemon pool, you know? And and I, and I do think this is somewhat of a, a response to Pokemon fatigue too, you know? Like the people who like Pokemon games are going to buy this, you know? But they don't have they don't have to feel obligated to buy another another game off the shelf, you know? Uh, and and I think it, it is smart. It is smart in, in that you aren't necessarily you aren't necessarily continuing that same path, that same trodden path. You are doing something new, and I do think that they're going to be successful. You know, I, I I do think that it's a it's a different direction for them. But I mean, let's face it: everyone has been trained. Everyone knows what expansion pass is. Everyone knows what DLC is. You know, and this is not something new for Pokemon veterans. You know, Pokemon veterans play other games. <laughs> you know, so I, I think that it's going to it's gonna probably sell really well. I think that these are the the highest selling Pokemon games ever, right? Uh, so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if this is the highest selling DLC on on po- on the eShop. Uh, and I think that you know, it, it, it's it's Pokemon fever is at its all time high. You know, too. Pokemon Go. I think I didn't, we didn't go over news new story, but I think this past week. They just stated that it brought in nine hundred over nine hundred million dollars in revenue last year. Last year yes. was the most profitable year of Pokemon Go. Just last year Ever. alone, that's yeah. insane. Yeah, just last it year is alone. Insane how much money mobile games make? Like you look at like, oh, no way do they make a lot of money with like one dollar transactions here and there. No, they make stupid amounts of money. It's yeah, upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's because. They've been doing really good things with Pokemon Go. With you know the, I think they just came out with the fourth gen, I think, or or they definitely came out with third gen in in twenty nineteen. They might have came out with fourth gen too. So it's just you know they they they're going all all the way in you know and 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 the tie in with the you know, Let's Go games and the, with these games, I mean it, it it's clear that. They want to keep this kind of 
financial stability intact. So yeah, I, I think that this is a good uh, direction for the franchise, and I think that you know uh, it is kind of like the only sensible direction that Game Freak could go. You know, um, everyone's been you know with Pokemon Go and everything like that. It just it just makes sense for them to do it this way. I where what do you guys think they're gonna do? Like the year after in 2021, do you think they're gonna finally remake the fourth gen? That's gotta or be Or do you coming. think they're gonna I do? Hope so. I think they have to eventually. Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, as you pointed out, Sean, like this is expansion pass one. You know, so will they do expansion pass two in 2021, or will they remake, you know, the fourth gen? Who knows, right? It depends on how ex- extensive these expansion packs are. And yeah. that'll, that'll be the difference. Yeah. Like, will the 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 size of these content is going to make the difference between whether or not I consider it just a DLC campaign or an expansion pack. Yeah, that's uh, true. That's true. Like I mentioned earlier, Witcher Three Hearts of Stone that's an expansion pack. It's a new area. It's a new campaign. Has new people to see, new armor, new weapons, new everything. Mm-hmm. But something like. Um, a DLC, I can't even think of it, but like a DLC mission for a game, that's not an expansion pack. Yeah. And I'm willing to pay $15 for an expansion pack. Expansion pack used to be like $30, something like that. So, yeah. I'm not adverse to the idea of spending that much on these, but mm-hmm. it, it'll depend on how much they consider putting content in. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's... I, I think with Nintendo's pedigree, though, I think it's a there's a pretty good chance that these are going to be pretty substantial. I mean, you look at like the DLC for they did for uh, Mario Kart 8, the DLC that they did for Breath of the Wild. I, it's pretty. It was pretty robust, right? So I would. I have good faith that this is going to be a really, really two two substantial areas. Uh, you know, but then again, you know, it's the first time the Game Freak has done this. I from to my recollection. So who knows. Right, and also Game Freak, they they do they do like a lot of like kind of shady stuff. Like they they do like I remember Pokemon Emerald, they were like, oh yeah, we did this whole new revamped the the Battle Island thing, Battle Frontier, right? <laughs> at the Battle yeah, Frontier, and it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really that much, right? And they sold it, they sold like the whole game on that, and I was like, okay. I don't know. Was I the only was I the only one that felt that way, or was that about um, the Battle Frontier? I don't know. Um, it kind of confused it. me as a kid. I think. Yeah, me too. I I, I don't know. I didn't feel I like liked Emerald, but yeah. I don't know. I, I playing it. Well, I was, I didn't feel like it was. Yeah. Wondering if you heard my ringtone go off. It's not impossible. It's the um. Classic Power Rangers. Yeah, I heard that. Are you sure? It sounded like you know, impossible. My, yeah, I know he's right. My RA had the exact same thing in, uh, in college. And yeah, people made see? fun of him for the same thing. And his RA is very trustworthy. <laughs> no, people thought he was cool for the same thing. Well, no, because they thought it was... I didn't say so, it was a bad thing. Yeah, they thought it was impossible. So, for context, as I was talking, 
Lee Mark posts in the disc in the Discord. Okay, who's Kim Possible ringtone? With that? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's helpful. Well, that's my message tone. <laughs> On that <laughs> note, I think <laughs> I think it's time to wrap yes. up the show <laughs> before we get more distracted. Nice. <laughs> uh, all right, so that about wraps it up for this episode of. Keen Gamer Podcast. We'll see you next week. Again, I'm your host, David Lozada. You can find me on Twitter at Xenocurator125. Sean Raybine is here. You can find him on Twitter at Gingerbread. That's D-J-I-N-N-G-E-R underscore bread. Tim Ronan is here. You can find him on Keen Gamer writing articles as usual. And Lee Mark Ambelina. You can find him on Twitter at Ambelina Lee Mark. Thanks again, everyone. Catch you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.